welcome to episode number 25 of Bill Man the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. where I get to report you the latest weekly news from the MLB, NHL, NBA, and NFL. So, on to the NBA, as we got a big trade. The LA Clippers have traded Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Ortrue to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Eric Blendos. So, I, I don't understand it from the Clippers' side as Beverly's, yeah, he may be a hot temper player every once in a while, but he's still a solid player. And what I also don't understand is you also got Rajon Rondo from the Lakers, who's actually pretty good defensively, and then you get rid of him to send him to the Memphis Grizzlies. While this this could while from the Grizzlies standpoint, this could make him a bit better and hopefully a playoff contender down the line. But for the Clippers, not only do they resign Kawhi Leonard, who most basketball fans, including myself, were anticipating to walk away from the Clippers in free agency. And I just feel like the Clippers just took a step backwards, basically. Let me know your thoughts on this and who won the trade. Because right now, I kind of have to give it to the Grizzlies. Because the Clippers, I don't know what they're doing down there. And we also got a few NBA extensions to talk about. Terry Rozier has re-signed with the Charlotte Hornets on a four-year deal worth $97 million. That's a good contract as he seems to be a up, up on the rise player. And I think this will help out the Hornets. And a couple more NBA stars have re-signed their extensions. Joel Allenbean, who signs a four-year, $196 million deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this guy's a dominant beast center player. And while, yeah, he may be a bit streaky offensively, like, yeah, he may show up one game and then another game he's, like, quiet. He's, like, ice cold. But I think this is a good part for the 76ers, and I'm curious to know where they go down the line. You let me know your thoughts on that. And the other one to talk about, Jason Tatum from the Boston, resigns with the, from, with the Boston Celtics on a four-year $77 million deal. Now, Tatum... Ken Ball. This guy is an absolute stud. Now, while he kind of disappeared for the Celtics in the playoffs, he just needs to show up more for the Celtics. And But I still believe this is a good signing, and I think he will definitely help out the Celtics further down the line. And now we're going to jump to the NFL. i got a question for you NFL fans. So... While we've seen many stars over the years, such as Walter Payton, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Rob Gronkowski, and the list goes on, won a Super Bowl. There are some NFL stars currently that have yet to win a Super Bowl ring. And I get the list right here for you. Larry Fitzgerald, Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Patrick Peterson, J.J. Watt, Matt Stafford, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
Julio Jones, Josh Allen, and so forth. So, I'm curious to know, I'm curious to know, basically, NFL fans, and also Devontae, I've, I apologize that I've also blanked, Couple more I forgot to include Devontae Adams and Khalil Mack. So basically, who do you think is going to win their very first Super Bowl ring? Now, most of the players that I listed are veterans, and I also listed a few like young stars that we know that may hopefully win a Super Bowl down the line. But out of the veterans in Fitzgerald, Peterson, Gore, Ryan, Newton, Peterson, or Pedersen, Watt, Stafford, Fitzpatrick, and Jones, who do you think is the first one to win it? I'm curious to know who do you think will win. I basically think Fitzgerald, if he gets re-signed by the Cardinals, I believe he's still re-signed by the Cardinals, but correct me if I'm wrong, but basically I think Fitzgerald and Watt have a very good chance because Arizona is a very young team up on the rise. Not that they, with the core of DeAndre Hopkins, you got Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback. You also added J.J. Watt on the defense. You still got the ageless veteran Larry Fitzgerald. And I also do believe maybe, just maybe, Adrian Peterson. Now the reason why I say maybe it's because he's a free agent. And depending where he signs, that can also all play out how great his chance is to win a Super Bowl. Now, say like he goes to Tampa, Green Bay, Chicago, New Orleans, Kansas City, Baltimore. If it were like those teams, well, I don't know about Chicago. But basically, like Green Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, then he actually may have a good, decent shot. But then again, we'll see how this all plays out down the line. You guys, let me know your thoughts on that, NFL fans. Who do you think's the first veteran to win a championship? And then I got another question: Is out of some of the young stars upcoming, like Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Devontae Adams? Khalil Mack, actually Mack's not really a young star, he's a veteran, but basically Aaron Donald, and the list goes on. Who do you think's the first like young superstar, young star, superstar, and veteran? Out of in those three columns, who do you think's the first gonna win their first ever Super Bowl ring? You guys let me know your thoughts on that. And now into Major League Baseball. At the time I'm recording this, the Detroit Tigers today. Played against the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Detroit Tigers won 5-3. Now, the reason why I'm saying about this game is Miguel Cabrera, one of the greatest hitters that I've ever seen in my lifetime and still a really solid hitter today, just became the 28th player to hit his 500th career home run. That is amazing. Now, while his first career home run came off against Anzard Oloy, if I ever said it right, back in 2003 with the Miami Marlins, or the Florida Marlins, that's how they were called back in the days, 
And today, his 500th career home run came off of Steven Matz. So, congrats to Miguel Cabrera. Easily one of the greatest hitters of all time. Especially that I've seen in my lifetime. He has definitely achieved a lot. Now, while he hasn't won a World he did win a World Series with the Marlins in 03. Excuse me. But, again, really solid overall. I mean, he's easily one of the greatest. Definitely a first battle Hall of Famer. You guys let me know on that part. And he's just overall very fun and a solid player to watch and be around overall. And we also got a couple free agencies to report. Basically like a minor league rest of the year kind of deals. Jake Arrieta to the San Diego Padres on like a one-year deal, league minimum. At this point, Padres are a little desperate pitching-wise, and I don't know how good Arietta will really do because he had an ERA at almost seven with the Cubs this year, so we'll see how it all pans out. And David Robertson, who has not played since 2019, just signed a minor league deal with the Tampa Bay Rays. While Robertson, I don't think he, he's ever been, I don't think he's ever going to be the same style closer, but I think he'll still be a solid relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think this could also help him, help them win a World Series. So, Rays fans, let me know your thoughts on the Robertson signing. Cup, uh, Padre fans, let me know on the Jake Arrieta signing. And I, and I also got a couple questions for you. So, question number one. There are still some major league free agents that have never really been signed, such as Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, Eduardo Nunez, Joanna Cespedes, Matt Adams, Rick Porcello. So do you see any of the still current free agency players get signed and also possibly join them in a playoff run to win the World Series? In my opinion, I mean, I guess Todd Frazier, maybe Matt Kemp. They're probably the only two that I could really see a team trying to sign for, depending on which team desperately needs help. But they'll most likely just be like a bench guy. But let me know your thoughts on that. My second question to Major League Baseball fans. How would you feel about a mercy rule into Major League Baseball? If that happens, I think it is an absolute joke. I hate it. It would kill Major League Baseball a whole lot more. This would basically make us the laughing stock in all sports. So, baseball fans, would you like a mercy rule to appear or not appear? Me? Heck no. And to teams that have complained about getting killed over the years, too bad, deal with it. Because if, you if you're getting destroyed, say like the Minnesota Twins against the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox are up like 30-1, to 1, and the Twins are like, eh, we want a mercy rule. Too bad, suck it up, deal with it. So let me know your thoughts on the whole mercy rule change. If it does come to Major League Baseball, if it does, then I, I would hate this rule more than anything on earth at this point. And now to the NHL. So the Detroit Red Wings have bought out the final year of Franz Nielsen's contract. 
And as for Franz Nielsen, while he's still kind of an NHL caliber player, but he really just really isn't the same. Ever since joining the Red Wings in 2016-2017, it's pretty much been downward bad for the Red Wings ever since. And he is now a free agent, so he could possibly still be picked up, but they might just only use him as like a bottom six kind of guy. So, Red Wings fans, let me know how you feel about this move. And NHL fans, let me know on who signs Nielsen, or does he just go overseas, or does he just retire? Got four NHL free agency signings to talk about. The Nashville Predators have re-signed goaltender UC Soros on a four-year, $5 million deal. Soros is still a solid, young, upcoming goaltender. And I think he'll do... He's actually done really well with Nashville. And I think he'll be a good goalie for them and upcoming the rise goaltender too. So let me know your thoughts on the Soros signing. And the Chicago Blackhawks have re-signed Alex Nylander to a one-year, 874 deal. Let me know your thoughts on the Nylander signing. I mean, I think he's... It's a eh deal. I mean, he had 26 points in his first like full season, which is not bad. So we'll see if this if he can improve and get better, basically. And another re-signing, the Minnesota Wild have re-signed Kevin Fiala to a one-year deal worth $5.1 million. Bill Guerin, what are you even doing? You really signed Fiala to only one year. The fact that Kaprizov is even... You're getting pressure by Kirill Kaprizov, and you only signed Fiala to a one-year. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, that just seems a little disrespectful. And he probably deserves like at least a three- to four-year deal worth 5.1, maybe $6 million a year. But Wild fans, let me know your thoughts on that. And a couple NHL re-sign, more NHL re-signings. The Philadelphia Flyers have re-signed Travis Sanheim to a two-year, $4.65 million deal. Good signing. Sanheim's a good, solid defenseman overall for the Flyers, and I think he'll help them out this year. And Let's see if the Flyers can also start a streak of making the playoffs instead of being the very streaky Flyers team that we're all familiar with, which is they're good one year, then they stink and miss the playoffs the next year, then they're good again, make the playoffs, and so forth. And the Calgary Flames have re-signed Nikita Zadorov to a one-year, $3.75 million deal. This could be more of a show-me deal. We'll see how Zadorov pans out, as it didn't seem Chicago had any room where he could fit in. But I think he'll do fine in Calgary. And he's also a very physicality with, like, Milan Lucic and so forth. So we'll see how this pans out. A couple retirements to announce. After the 2021-22 season, Buffalo Sabres announcer Rick Jenner announces that he will retire by the end of the 2021-2022 season. That would be 51 years announcing of the Buffalo Sabres. Man, that is crazy as Jenard is a really solid announcer and he makes Sabres games Fun to listen to. And it's going to be weird. It's always this weird feeling where 
you grow up with a certain announcer and then all of a sudden they retire after a long time. But for Jannard, I think he's done really well in the Buffalo Sabres. Definitely well-liked. So, Buffalo Sabres fans, let me know your thoughts on on how the new Sabres announcer will probably do and who do you think might replace him? Well, and I think he'll dearly be missed while announcing Buffalo games. And another retirement to announce, Henrik Lundqvist, one of the greatest goaltenders that I have seen throughout my entire lifetime, has just announced his retirement from the NHL. And man, oh man, Henrik Lundqvist, it's going to be really weird of watching an NHL game Without Henrik Lundqvist playing on a team, man, it's weird. It's already weird even thinking about it. Henrik Lundqvist, arguably one of my all, one of the best goalies on earth, if not the best, and one of my personal favorites ever. Even like my all-time favorite player from the New York Rangers. So in his entire career in the regular season, while he didn't play in the 2021 season, unfortunately, due to a heart issue, which I still wish him nothing but the best in retirement. But here's his career stats. In the regular season, in 887 games, and, and he started in 871 of those games, he had a record of 459 wins, 310 losses, 96 overtime or shootout losses, a goals against of 243, and a save percentage of 918, and he also had 64 shutouts. In his 15-year career. And in the playoffs, 130 playing in all and starting all 130. 61 wins, 67 losses, zero overtime shootout losses. Hey, that's good. <laughs> a 230 goals against and a 921 save percentage and 10 shutouts. Here's a few little stats I get I have for you. If we're talking playoffs, games played, he's 10th. Wins, he's 15th. And in shutouts, he's 13. Now, Lundqvist, now in his entire career, if we're also talking regular season, Lundqvist is 8th in games played, he's 6th all-times in wins, and 17th in shutouts. And he also is a 5-time All-Star. He made the New York Rangers decade team in the 2010s. He won a Vesna Trophy in 2012, and he was an, and he made the NHL All Rookie Team in 2006. So while Lundqvist unfortunately and sadly never won a Stanley Cup, but he was just so fun to watch in the regular season and, and in the playoffs. I feel so bad for him that he never won a cup. His closest chance was 2014, and man, oh man. And sadly, he ended up losing in five games to the Los Angeles Kings. And unfortunately, he had to retire due to a heart problem, which which health comes first. Health is very important. At the same time, I, I, want, I just want to say thank you to Hank King, Henrik Lundqvist, and I wish him nothing but the best in retirement as all the NHL world is definitely going to miss him. And, and it's also announced that the New York Rangers are going are gonna to retire his jersey number. Yes, yes. 
arguably one of the best Ranger goalies ever, and he 100% deserves it. And Henrik Lundqvist, I definitely think he's a Hall of Fame worthy. I do believe he will make it to the Hall of Fame. But let me know your thoughts on that, because Lundqvist is a absolute legend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Minnesota Wilds fans, get your popcorns, get your sodas, because we got to talk about Kirill Kaprizov, the bright superstar for the Minnesota Wild. So it turns out that there's also rumors that while he's still a restricted free agent or unrestricted free agent, but it turns out that Moscow in Russia, C.A.K. Moscow on the KHL in Russia, has also offered him a deal with 900 Munes. So Munes, it's basically like Russian terms for money, which it really isn't that big amount. Like it's basically like $10 million. And you're telling me, Bill Guerin, that you're not willing to sign him to that deal or not even trying to get the contract that you want. Now, while it may seem that they're using Moscow to possibly scare Bill Guerin, and the latest report I found out was it was to pressure him to sign Kevin Fiala contract before him, which which Fiala did sign a contract, which was one year, $5.1 million. But what does that mean for Kaprizov, though? What kind of contract is he going to get? Is he going to get the contract that he wants, which could be two to four years worth $10 million? Now, it's an interesting situation, basically. Now, which also means Russia, the KHL, they're basically going to be using most of their cap hit to sign him, and then they got to build players around. So, between our cap space and the KHL cap space, we have a bigger cap space than the KHL does. So, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Does Kirill Kaprizov sign? Or does he go back to Russia? Or does he go to another team? Because, man, I would almost feel so bad for Minnesota Wild fans if they only see, like, one year of Kirill Kaprizov and then he just goes and disappears. Man... That would be a bit crazy. So let me know your thoughts on that. And now to my weekly team reviews, thoughts, and opinions, where I give out my weekly team review, thoughts, and opinions on every single NHL team. And for this week, we got the San Jose Sharks. So the San Jose Sharks, while they're still in a rebuild, they were seventh in their division. In 56 games played, had a record of 21, 28, and 7 for 49 points, tied for 7 with the LA Kings. Had a goals against of 151, of 49, I'm sorry, 151 goals for, excuse me, a goal dif- a goals against of 199, and a goal differential of minus 48. And they were 3, 5, and 2 in their last 10. So their top 6, because we have a tie in the top 5, like whenever I type top 5, I'm basically going to start adding a little more to make it like, oh, top five. Like if a player's in a tie. Let's say this, for example. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl both tie 120 points. And then their next one is Duncan Keith with 90-99. And then Oscar Clefbaum 
40. Jesse Pugliarvi, two. Mike Smith, just two points for two goals, basically. But you get my meaning. Anyway, Evander Kane is number one in 56 games played. 22 goals, 27 assists for 49 points. Then Tomas Hurdle in 50 games played. 19 goals, 24 assists for 43 points. Logan Couture in 53 games played. 17 goals, 14 assists for 31 points. And Timo Meyer, who also tied with Couture in points. They're tied for third. So Meyer in 54 games played. 12 goals, 19 assists for 31 points. Brett Burns, who's fourth in 56 games played. 7 goals, 22 assists for 29 points. And Kevin LeBanc in 55 games played, 12 goals, 16 assists for 28 points. And for their goaltending stats, Jessov Corner in 10 games played has a record of 3-5-0 with a 3-17 goals against and an 899 save percentage. Devin Dunick in 17 games played has a record of 3-9-2, 3-18 goals against and a 3-18 goals against and an 898 save percentage. Martin Jones, who the Sharks just recently bought out. In 34 games played, 15 goals, 13 assists, zero, and I'm sorry, 15 wins, 13 losses, zero overtime. A 328 goals against and a 896 save percentage. 896 save percentage. And Alexi Melanuk in three games played is 0-1-1 with a 505 goals against and an 864 save percentage. So my one, my questions I got for you, San Jose Sharks fans. Playoffs and goaltending. While your goaltending has not been good, you had four goalies. None of them had a save percentage above 900 or above. And are you going to try tank again to maybe draft a top five, top ten goalie prospect? And hopefully they shine and shine bright. And bring you to the playoffs, or you're gonna try improve, sign a big time goaltender in free agency, and hopefully bring him to a Stanley Cup. And my second question for you, San Jose Sharks fans, is Evander Kane. As throughout the offseason, there has been many rumors and reports of him gambling and betting his own team games while his wife has or soon to be divorced wife at the time I'm recording this has also came out and said that he travels doesn't answer his phone he he goes he travels and then he also spends like a lot of money he gambles and while his teammates there's also reports that his teammates might have gave him a books for dummy like like the books for dummy series, and they gave him one on gambling, and then there's also crazy reports that Evander Kane has been a problem where San Jose Sharks own team own players are going up to Doug Wilson, and they're pretty much saying if he's on the team this coming season we're out the door. So San Jose Shark fans. Evander Kane, what do you do? Can't really buy him out because he's got like four years left and like an almost $7 million cap hit. Do you try trade him and possibly retain salary? 
And if he's still a Sharks, what pieces are you going to be able to get if you trade Brett Burns? Not so much Eric Carlson, but Thomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Timur Meyer, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, Ryan Donato, Patrick Marlowe, if you re-sign him. San Jose Sharks fans, this is definitely a rough time at the moment. Let me know your thoughts on that. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 25 of Bill Man the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Stay tuned for episode number 26. Peace.